Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to Winchester Radio tonight. Um, it's just us tonight, me, Susan, Becky, and Vinny. Uh, so we will eventually be taking guest call-ins. Uh, we're going to be discussing Bad Boys, title of the episode, and I don't know, not so bad boys involved in the in the actual episode. Uh, written by Adam Glass and directed by Kevin Parks, otherwise known as Parksopedia. A um, couple of things in this episode where maybe Kevin Parksopedia was uh, maybe not exactly paying attention. <laughs> so I guess we'll get to that. Um, before that, uh, again, welcome to the podcast. You can find us at blogtalkradio.com slash boulevard. You can subscribe and download us through iTunes. You can go to our site, winchesterbrows.com, and listen to the podcast and also find information on past and future podcasts. Um, You can also check our Facebook and Twitter, follow us and like us in both those places at Winchester Bros. And we have information um, along with lots of other supernatural-related news and information and uh, we always do our best to answer questions there if we can. Um, if you have any questions and comments on the episode, that number tonight, and want to call into the podcast and chat, that number is 347-205-9801. Um, bad Boys. Good episode. Really, really good episode. I liked it a lot. Kind of quiet. Um, but it's... I think it's not just me. It felt like a uh, a callback to season one, season two. We had an old-fashioned salt and burn. I loved being with the pyro. We had a ghost story. We had flashbacks and about being as a teenager. So we got a little backstory. Didn't I really got a vague, vague mention of the of the big issue this season with Ezekiel when Dean says to Sam um, he's getting ready to go help Sonny, who runs the boys' home, and says, is everybody okay with that? And, of course, Sam looks at him like he's crazy, as well he should have, <laughs> and says, what do you mean? I'm everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, another weird thing for Sam to write down in his little book of strange things Dean's been saying and doing lately. So, But that was about the only appearance in Kiel. Did you guys like the episode? What did you think? I did. I really liked it. I I liked the um until I thought about it. <laughs> until I thought about it some details. <laughs> but, yeah, um, exactly. My first watch I was like, I'm so happy. I I really love this the classic classic supernatural feel to it. Like you said, it was great to see them actually you know, digging a grave and burning, you know, burning mm. burning a corpse for a change. I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen that. And we've seen an, e- an EMS meter. Oh. Yeah, the EMS yeah. meter. It was so good to see. And the whole beginning, you know, where it started off with, you know, John give, handing Sam over to Dean, hand, and to Dean and telling him, you know, oh, run right. outside, Dean, and right. take your brother. The road so take far. Your brother and mm-hmm. run. 
don't look back. And I just loved it. I loved that whole thing. Mm. And I have to say, to me, the best thing, though, about the entire episode was Dylan Everett, who played Dean. I was going to say. Right. Yeah. And I know Adam said that apparently Dylan watched the first five seasons in a week and then, like, watched Mm -hmm. Uh, watch Jensen mm-hmm. as well and the facial tics were just so on point which considering that you know it's kind of a it's almost a disadvantage for us that Jensen has been on our televisions for so long you know he's been on television since he was 18 we know what he looked like at 16 so it's, we have a disadvantage of not being able to kind of separate that and really Dylan looks nothing like Jensen. Mm-hmm. So what saved it was how good he was at it. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, he was great. I mean, his, his mm-hmm. scene where he's sitting on the couch wearing the handcuffs, and, you know, and kind of, it was great. It's probably my favorite scene in the whole episode. Was just the one, there the one that got me was at the, towards, at the end when John comes for him and he's... Yeah. He's got the tears in his eyes, and I was like, oh, my mm-hmm. God, you're crying just like Jensen. <laughs> like, yeah, he had, had one tear. There was yes. one tear on his face. Was like, yeah, it was oh. perfect. It was like, real. He was that? really great. Yeah, he was so great that you could forget that his eyes are brown, <laughs> not green like Jensen's. Um, but, if you know, if I can forgive them for casting Daniel Radcliffe with blue eyes as Harry Potter, who should have green I guess I'll I guess I'll survive Dylan Elkert in one episode yeah. of Supernatural with brown eyes you know <laughs> if, if only they made something you could stick in your eye to change the color of them oh wait yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah wait. That and they can tell so me well. all they yeah, they can tell me all they want oh contacts are such an inconvenience I have worn contacts for 22 years and um, Four of those 22 years, I thought I looked really good wearing gray ones. So, <laughs> I, you know, it wasn't, I, you know, looking back, it was not the most flattering look, but it was not uncomfortable. You know, uh, uh, Supernatural, you know, uh, you have to understand, they don't have any experience in changing the eye color of any of their characters. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, Why would they, they think to get him green? No, they've never done it. They've never done it before, and I can understand how it would completely perplex the VFX department <laughs> or any, and how no one would think to do it. But I'm going to let them know yeah. that there are ways. There are several ways. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I just the irony of the of this show not going. Hey, you know what we could do. <laughs> <laughs> out of all that and they're so careful but I will, detailed about so many things I, I mean right, right I down mean, to the memo pad in a motel room you know having to match the name and I will say yeah. think? <laughs> I will say that that I will I, I say this with you know, obviously duh I love this show but I will say this that you know, it's joking about the eye color is kind of almost like a metaphor for the episode because there were just these little things that did not work. Mm-hmm. And, and, it's, and, you know, we, find, we do find out later, you know, that there were things that were changed that really wouldn't have worked, that only worked because there was 
a happy climate of change, which was Dean's age for this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, quick, so I, it, I do have, real quick, I do want to mention really quick that I, when they showed Dean in a restaurant and he's wearing the amulet, Mm-hmm. I, was, I, I was like, part of me was like, whoa, I completely forgot about that. You know, it's so good to see it again. And yeah, I hadn't thought about yeah. them showing it again. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, there were little things that were great to have, like like we said, the amulet, the EMF, uh, assault and burn. I say this as someone who loves Cassiel and has loved Balthazar and loves Gabriel, but it was nice to get away from the angels for a while because mm-hmm. it's been five. It's been five years of angels, and it's a little. That's not. Not that I dislike it, because I don't. But that's not the show I fell in love with. So to get back mm-hmm. to what I did fall in love with so many years ago, it's nice. Stuff. It's nice, and I wish it wasn't mm-hmm. so far between. Mm. I agree. Completely agree. Yeah. So I will, was a, I do I do thank Adam heartily for the premise of this episode. Yeah. I speaking of Dean young Dean on the couch at Sunny's, I just and, and Dylan Everett having having Jensen as Dean and then Dean's character down when when the sheriff says, Oh, you know, he laughs at him getting a shiner and he says, You think that's funny? And Dean says, I think you're slow. And just his <laughs> delivery and the comment was so Dean Winchester. And the little, just, the little lip curl that he does. It. He does this, this slight little lip curl about him. Like, yep. Good job. It was just great. <laughs> just great. Yeah, he was, he was terrific. Um, it reminds and, me of, um, this is kind of like off-fandom off topic, but uh, there's a, an episode of Craig Ferguson where he's um, interviewing Rupert Grant. And Rupert Grant's talking about how, like, the first thing he ever did was buy an ice cream truck. And they start talking mm-hmm. about how, like, Rupert Grant always wanted to be an ice cream. Keep in mind that I really don't watch the Harry Potter movies, and this is not, not remotely my fandom, but it's one of my favorite interviews of all time. So they go on and on about how you have to, like, like permit to have an ice cream truck and to serve ice cream. And at the end, Craig Ferguson tells him, all ice cream banter aside, I do think you are very, really very good at this acting thing. That's how I feel about Bill Everett. Like, you, you, you should really keep this job because you're good at it, kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Well, he was in Degrassi, which yes. did either of you have ever seen any of Degrassi? There I is, used to watch the new generation of Degrassi, and he, looking at IMDb, he basically started about two years before I stopped watch, or after I stopped watching it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I wouldn't know who you were. I yeah, watched, he stopped watching. I watched. I stopped watching right around when uh, Nina Dobrev was in it. Actually, that's about when I stopped. He's got his own pretty pretty decent sized fandom himself. You know, even before the show, and he's mm. you know verified on verified on Twitter and everything. So. Oh, you underestimate the the Gracia series business, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's been uh, around a long I watched time, that, and it's I known watched that for. Stuff when I was like twenty five. <laughs> Yeah, he's, they're a quality show, and they're known for their groundbreaking uh, mm-hmm. episodes and taking chances and being very, very realistic portrayal of, of high school. So he's, you know, he's got a great pedigree there. So I'm very impressed with him, but I, I 
I guess I could say I'm not surprised considering where he comes from, but I'm very impressed. I mean, to sit down and watch five seasons of Supernatural in a week for for what we think is a one-shot part, I mean, who knows? Maybe he will come back again. I think, I think he, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> in advance, but I think he's the best young bean we've had. And you no should watch yourself real quick, though. Calm yourself. Calm down. Uh, you're talking to a big Brock Kelly fan there. You <laughs> yes, I am very well aware of that, which is why I said I'm sorry. But I'm, I'm, very, I'm, I'm very busy pitching an episode during, well, while Sam is in Stanford so that I can have Brock Kelly back as 22 to 25-year-old Dean. Like, you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because I do think that Brock Kelly was a fantastic deed for that era of Dean's life. And mm. uh, there's, you know, I know a lot of people will say that Ridge was the best Dean, but I have a couple of problems with some of Ridge's line readings, which is not just him, but that's that's a director issue as well. So there's mm-hmm. that. Ridge, Ridge, I thought was pretty good. There was a couple things where I was like. I knew, you know, I'm not too sure about that as Dean. I think, and it's kind of the same with with Brock. I mean, he was with with Ridge. Sometimes there was a couple of lines with him where I like, I I can't deal with that that reading. Well, and, he was and I will a caricature of Dean for me, and that's nothing to do with Brock himself, who I have met and think is just a very very cute, you know, very nice guy, if not terribly chatty at a convention. <laughs> um, I find him very but, chatty. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I asked him a this long, a detailed question, and he answered me with one word. <laughs> so I was like, you don't get to play this whole convention. He doesn't need to use superfluous vocabulary to get his point across. That is all. <laughs> But I will say, I will say, okay. in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I do think the issue that I have with some of um, Ridge's line readings, as well as some of Brock's line readings, I will say, are a combination of not just the actor, but the way the line is written and the director. Mm. Because my problem with the line readings that both of them have is that the line isn't very good either. Mm-hmm. And it's something, you know, something that I always think about when, whenever a line reading doesn't work for me in a TV show, I always think, and that's the best tweak you had. Huh. That's what always, that's always what I think is, not only did that not work, but that's the best one of the bunch as far as you're concerned, editor person. And that's something <laughs> that always, that's something that always baffles me, you know, because, you know, we see a final product, but. You know, we're watching Dean look at Sam or Dean look at Cass or Sam look at Cass, whoever. But, you know, that's not actually how it happened in real time most of the time. So mm-hmm. when things are off, yeah. when things are off, I always think about that. But, yeah, um, and then sometimes it's like they just don't have the time to really do it. And redo the lot. Yeah. There's but so I do think that, yeah, I do think that between Adam, Kevin, and Dylan – there was not one line that didn't work for me as far as the way it was written and the way it was uh, delivered in this episode. Mm-hmm. So kudos to, kudos to all three of them on that. Yeah. I do and something, like, something like that really is a joint effort. In the episodes as, as far as actors playing themes, we have 
so far we have the advantage of one actor playing young Sam, who's basically grown with the role and actually started two. out, I think, two actors. Much, much Colin Ford as young Sam, who is much better with some natural talent, say, than, than Ridge. So, you know, he, he's just had, I think, a, a step a step beyond. And he's, and he's, you know, he's been with at least a couple of different deans now, and, and actually three different deans. He's been with Jensen's dean, Bridges, and, and Brock. So I'd love to see, well, he's, uh, he's too old now for, to be in a scene with Dylan, I guess. But I'd like to have seen them together because I think they would be, they would be really great. Yes. I, I thoroughly feel like at this point, going back to what I want, if we just wait like one more year, like in season 10, we have the Sam Stanford flashback. Colin, it will be a completely believable 18-year-old Sam for me. And Brock mm-hmm. Kelly can come back and be, and be 22 going on 23-year-old being for me. And I will mm-hmm. completely buy that 100%. And I say that jokingly as well. But I really do mm-hmm. kind of tying in with this episode because I do have a slight issue and I know that it's going to be, it's a bias issue. But I would like to see at some point a flashback that is Sam's flashback. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. we get, that would be nice. you know, we get a lot of, a lot of how Dean felt at a certain point in their lives. But... I can. There was a, a comment on my recap, and while I didn't agree with the entire comment, what I did agree with is she said um, that basically what she said was Jared could have not shown up to work a single day that week for this episode, and it wouldn't have made a difference. And I do kind of believe that, that you know, there was nothing really for that for his for the character of Sam to do in this episode. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of felt that way about the season so far, which uh, I find disheartening because I do think that what Jared is given to work with is probably some of, if not his best work I've ever seen him do in anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and right up there with his best work on Supernatural, which I do think, you know, as Lucifer and when he was detoxing, as men, mm-hmm. those are really standout performances. But this is, you know, as Ezekiel, he's really just mm-hmm. going above and beyond. And But that's all that he's really, the character is really doing is going, let me say a line of Sam so that I can flash my eyes and be Ezekiel and say two lines and then that's it. Mm-hmm. And, well, mm-hmm. it's coming. I think it's coming. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm kind of going Sam oh, finds no. out. There'd be plenty. Sam's going to have plenty to say <laughs> well, yeah. real soon, I think. But yeah, and like I said, I do. Yeah. I do hardly admit that that part, that part about it for me is a bias. But I also like a very even hand when it comes to the brothers. And right mm-hmm. now, I feel like we're very like seventy thirty. Mhm. Um, but I, I mean, the Sam, well, the Sam we had in this episode, I mean, I know it was kind of quiet. I mean, a lot of it was your basic old days hunt, you know, Sam questioning, researching, looking, checking out the barn, 
trying to, you know, deal with the ghost at the end and then at the very end saying a really a really understanding and heartfelt thank you to Dean, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Which Dean which Dean, of course, being Dean, just loved but brushed off. Not brushed off, but just took casually, you know, sort of, but that's just the way Dean is. You know, it's like no chick flick moments that popped into my head when I was watching it. But I I I knew he, he did it. But um yeah, that was a great moment. Young Dean looks out the window and, you know, he's so he's so disappointed. He wants to go to that school dance and, and be with Robin and all that. And, of course, Dad shows up to, to take him back. And he looks out the window and he sees his, his reason. There it is, you know, hanging out the window, playing with an airplane. Sam, it's like he'll, he'll always choose Sam. You know, he's had charge of his little brother all his life. And 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 it's okay with him. He doesn't regret it, and he isn't begrudging it. You know, that's that's his little brother. But and it's to this day, it's still mm-hmm. there. That's a yeah. That was another age thing I know because because of being sixteen, Sam's about twelve, and he's a little old for that airplane. But we should say that Adam Glass tweeted that I would say he was. I, I have yeah, he's supposed to be nine. So, but I also think that the life and, they lived, it may have kind of stunted Sam's maturity at times. Okay. If if we go by their actual, what their age difference is supposed to be, you know, Sam would have been 12. and Or would he have been 11? Because I was thinking about that because this is yeah, spring. It, would be, it depends He'd be, on yeah, would be 11 or 12. 11 or barely 12. And I had no problem at all whatsoever with Sam at that age playing with an airplane out the window because I have two sons, and mm-hmm. even though there's only 10 months difference in their age, they're completely different people. And mm-hmm. my youngest, who he, he's, he's, he will be 19 next week, he, even though at that age he's still very immature, and when mm-hmm. he was about 11 or 12, he was still, you know, really like young for kid toys. And mm-hmm. so I could totally see, you know, Sam. I had no problem with it because I've experienced mm-hmm. a kid like that in my life. So yeah, I didn't I, find it. I didn't find yeah. it strange whether he had, they had maintained the, the nine or stuck with or would have been 14, would have been 10, nine going on 10. Or eleven going on twelve. It that didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't really. Have I mean, it's not a terrible. That. It's not a. It's terrible nitpick. I mean, yeah, but you know, it could be a favorite thing he doesn't want to give up. Maybe he had nothing else. Maybe you know, Dean had to grow up extra fast, extra quick. So maybe they, you know, it's they all like Sam being They're his also, age for I a while think about too. Him. Like 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 Sam and I are the same age. I always think about like myself at that age, and at that age, you know, I was very play- I was very busy playing my Game Boy, but that's because mm-hmm. I had a parent who I had parents who bought me a Game Boy. Sam Winchester did not have that. Like that is very much mm-hmm. a make your own fun kind of lifestyle, and so I can mm-hmm. see I can really see Sam and Dean like building forts, well mm-hmm. into Sam being like thirteen years old. Because mm-hmm. I also think that that Dean wouldn't really have a concept of how you 
behave as far as like culturally at a certain age. Mm-hmm. And I I do I do kind of maintain that they moved around so much that what's not really going to form enough friendships to know like this is what's cool and this is what's not as far as like mm-hmm. what 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 middle school and high school uh, like culture tells you. Now he'd just be like, "This is fun. My brother's playing with me. This is cool." So, and I can also mm-hmm. kind of like think, like, "Well, maybe that was being old airplane." Mm-hmm. So, yeah, because that is my again, again. I say there's tiny gripes I had with the episode, but overall, overall, I'm really I mean, happy with it. But I did have mm-hmm. a, I you know, I feel like if you're gonna give me Sam between the ages of nine and eighteen, nineteen when he or seventeen, eighteen when he left who's fully aware of what's going on in their lifestyle, or at least moderately aware, and Dean disappears. And as far as he knows, he and Dean were alone. And Dean, for whatever reason, stepped out, whether he told Sam, I'm going to this grocery store, or he told him, hey, I'll be right back, this or whatever. Is, yeah, and this then is Dean the part. never yeah. showed, yeah, Dean never came back, and all he gets all of a sudden is John coming and saying, Dean got lost on a hunt, I'm taking you to Bobby's. And he never questioned it. He never went, wait a minute. Yeah, he never went, wait a minute. Two hours ago, Dean was taking care of me. Now he's suddenly on a hunt and you lost him? Exactly. Mm, I, no. was, I was like, that was, that okay. was way too far of a suspension of belief for me. That That's mm. the part I, that I was like, it makes no sense whatsoever. Apparently, John was off on his own hunt left the guys, you know, left the boys there by themselves. Dean was careless, but lost the grocery money. So he goes to get them food and then disappears. And so when, how, you know, how long until John came back? Because apparently John was gone for a long period of time, enough to where, you know, Dean was long worried about Dean them not having food money. Exactly. So John was on his own, you know, extensive trip. And so how long was Sam there by himself? And, mm. you know, and and then Sam is told, oh, he, he's missing for on a hunt. And so, yeah, it's like it makes no sense whatsoever. And also during that two months, I would think Sam would be scared out of his mind. Like, yeah, Dean's never been gone this long, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, they've never been apart for more than a day, and suddenly this is two months that they were not together. And I really have, here's my thing too, I completely understand the selfishness and the arrogance of a 16-year-old. I was a selfish, arrogant 16-year-old. Most 16-year-olds are selfish and arrogant. So I completely can see Dean being like, what, I'm good at this. I do this all the time. Getting into that poker game, and nobody is infallible. Somebody will, you'll eventually lose. I can see him thinking he's got this on lock, that he's going to make more money for them and losing the money. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that. And I yep. can see Dean kind of getting caught up in this new lifestyle he gets. But what I can't see is Dean not once thinking, I wonder if Sam's okay. Mm. Like never once yeah. does it occur to him. or does, And the fact that he doesn't tell Sonny, look, I have a brother. I need to check on him. Or can you check on him? Or can he come live with us? Yeah, or is it that like, I would have totally bought? I would have totally bought that end scene being like Dean being like, "Can I bring my brother?" And he doesn't. <laughs> I'm like, no. Well, 
at the point where Dean is in to Sonny, could it be that he already knows that Dad's leaving him there and he knows Sam is okay, so that's why he doesn't bring up Sam? That is possible because... Um, see what... I would, Go ahead. I, would, I think it, it has yeah. to be because otherwise, you know, he'd be going crazy I like I've got to get back to my is, brother. Yeah, this is one of those things where you, know, you have your own headcanon about things, but I feel like this is so bad because I love, John, I love John Winchester and I hate when John Winchester is vilified. So as I say this, it's going to completely contradict that feeling I have. But I feel like Dean wouldn't trust Sam's care to John solely. Because he knows John's going to go on hunts. He knows John's going to just dump Sam mm-hmm. somewhere. So I feel like well, Dean should be like, uh, I don't know if you're capable of this, Dad. You're really good at a lot of things. This isn't one of them. Well, see, I see it. Okay, one, okay a couple things I want to say. First of all, he definitely had contact with John in some way, even, even if it wasn't face-to-face, because Sonny does say, tell the policeman, you know, that, John told him to rot in jail, leaving no, to yeah, rot. No, they obviously, call, yeah, they obviously so, called John. Yeah, mm. so Dean has had some kind of contact with him. So Dean knows Sam is with John, and he's not off, lost on his own hunt for two months. And so he, well, so no, he knows, that, he knows also, that John was contacted. He doesn't know that John's going to come right back to Sam. He can assume that, but that's not well, given. I, I yeah, I think I think it's I think it's pretty much a, that would be a given in in my view. Um, but also, as for as far as Dean being worried about John taking care of Sam, I don't think he would be worried because the, the Dean we knew in the first few seasons worshipped John Winchester. They've tried to change it here, you know. They've tried to retcon John into this bad dad, and he worshipped the ground John walked on, and. I think he would not have, you know, the, the dean that we knew from the first few seasons, and I, I'm going with this, the dean is the same, dean is the same now. I don't think he would have worried about Sam with John. I think he would, you know, he would be and fine, I, yeah, or I John would take him to Bobby's or Pastor Jim's. The way that they've retconned John is what's coloring the way I feel about that particular thing. Because the first time for me where they took me aback with John and how Dean feels about John, because everybody has resentment of their parents. If you don't have resentment of your parents, I don't know how I, did you grow up without them. Because you always are going to have something where you're like, why? Why did you do this to my, to my psyche? Even if you had a fantastic childhood, they're going to screw you up in some little way. It's what they're there for. But... In season three, in Zoom a Little Zoom of Me, when Dean just goes off about, you know, that his dad was a bastard and da da da, and when he says that everything he had, you know, he's just this this mini John, and he listens to his dad's music, and I'm like, yeah, because John was totally sitting around listening to Metallica, and huh, yeah, that's exactly John Winchester, yeah. and Motorhead all the time. So those are those little things that, again, it's it is minutia, but when you have a show that's been on for this long and a fan base that is this dedicated, the minutia is important. And I was really, before the, before the sneak peek hit where Dean says that he lost the money, I was like, if they tell me that John Winchester did not leave his sons enough money, I will throw a fit because in something wicked, Dean is not concerned with wasting food in that episode. He's not concerned with it at all. 
you know, he throws away the SpaghettiOs. He doesn't say, like, oh, well, I'm going to give Sam the, the last of the Lucky Charms, so I have these SpaghettiOs, must not throw them away. He doesn't do that. He tosses them away like they're nothing. So to me, that doesn't tell me this is a kid who's worried where his next meal is coming from. So then when they, they give me that Dean lost the money, I was like, okay, I'm good with this. And then they're going to still give me an episode where John the Bastard. And I'm like, why? Why? I don't think they needed to give John the extreme of that. Personally. But I will always have a good amount of John apologist in me. I completely agree. I think John was, did the best he could with what mm-hmm. he had. And he was, way, he was a way better dad than what they've tried to insinuate in the last few years. Mm-hmm. He was a lot better dad than some dads who still, you know, who have a stable home, a stable job, and their wife isn't murdered by a demon or whatever. Right, the, right. So, yeah, I have a big issue with a lot of retcon as far as John goes. Um, yeah, I don't think he's the, he's the you know, heir to Satan, like some people say, and I don't <laughs> think he's like, and I, and I don't think, you know, at the, uh, the opposite end either, that he is like, you know, big daddy god Winchester either. I think he, no. I think he was... a. Uh, trying to do the best he can, a decent dad who got thrown into a an impossible, tragic situation, left with two kids, a baby and a four year old. And it's not like they were he could he could talk to them and and try and explain and help them understand like maybe at at 12 and 16 where he could have related completely differently he was stuck with with little kids that couldn't take care of themselves very well Well, not only that you think about a four-year-old so you think about a four-year-old and you're constantly telling yeah you're constantly telling a toddler young child whatever that there's no such thing as monsters there's no such thing as monsters nothing's going to come get you that you're as it how does John go turn around and go, hmm, you know what, Dean? That whole thing about monsters not being real, I just finished telling you last night, lies, jokes, just kidding. Yep. They're real. How do you rationalize yeah, And I'm surprised, too. And I'm surprised, too. It's, a, it's news to me, you know, and I've got to learn everything yeah. about those. Yeah, and I didn't and, and, you. I just didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, ooh, guess we'll learn together, you know, kind of. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, can, I can understand that the best he could. Um, he's a guy, he's an ex-Marine, he was, you know, uh, tough on Dean, I think, because in a weird way he was trying to protect him and make Dean tough also to to get through this. And he's a man grieving for his life that he loved very, very much, we can see from the flashback episodes. Um, and, so, yeah, it's just impossible. And going along still, with... And going along with John in this episode, I can totally see him saying, no, you know, that I, I completely can see Dean, John saying that Dean needs to learn his lesson. He should yeah, not absolutely. have, he should not have, um, you know, wasted the mm-hmm. money, lost it in a poker game, and he should not have gotten caught stealing. You know, right. he, teaches, he, he teaches them to steal. So he should, you know, yeah. he's like, you should, you know better, you know how to do it, and not get caught. So I, I'm, I'm, I can totally see that. But the part that I have trouble with is where they try to make this, um, make Sonny, who is a tough guy, who's 
man in prison who's a gang member, you know, he's he's a tough, tough son of a bitch. And trying to make him scared of John. <laughs> you know? And, I think and, that was you know, more of a that was more of a, a legality thing, like a you know, I, I I'll go to bat for you but I don't think he, to me, I didn't really come off that he was scared of John, but almost like well, he a mutual respect kind of thing, like a, okay, I see you're kind of a, a you're a bad son of a bitch too kind of thing. He says something, mm-hmm. I forget the exact words of what he says, but he says, says he's, he's, real, he's real, he's something else or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which I, I do fully believe that John Winchester is a terrifying person. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um. And I do, you know, like you said, I parents say things or, you know, to teach their kids to listen. And you can argue that maybe John didn't say, you know, let him rot because, you know, this is a cop that whose pride was hurt by getting beat up by a 16-year-old anyway. But, you know, I grew up with a lot of delinquents for friends, um, and I could totally see their parents saying, you know what? Let him sit in jail. In fact, I oh, have yeah. friends whose parents said that. You know, let yeah. him let him sit there and think about what he did. I'll go. I had no issue with that at all. I absolutely yeah. I'll go it all, just like you. Oh yeah, John, leave now. I do absolutely. think. Yeah, I do think two months was excessive, but we don't know why John waited so long. Maybe there was a hunt. Um, maybe he did kind of want to, you know. I don't. I wish that they. I wish that Adam would have sent Sam to Pastor Jim's instead of Bobby's. And that's just again one of those. One of those. I, I, I have so much things. trouble. Yes, I have so much trouble with the retcon on Sam and Dean's relationship with Bobby because mm. devil's crap. When they first time we see Bobby and they go in, it's like Sam does barely know anything about him. Sam, yeah, you know, yeah. They never, that, mm-hmm. there's nothing in their meeting of Bobby or actually in the years of Bobby dealing with them that gives away any indication that they lived together for two months alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. You know, and, and that you know, and, and I had a problem. I had a problem with it uh, in Death's Door, which to me is a near flawless episode. But Bobby playing catch with Dean? No, no. But again, I think that goes back to we really don't have anybody left from those days, mm-hmm. as far as far as as writers go, and so where we still remember that, it's not something that's very at the forefront for them. Mm-hmm. And so they come in and all they know is that Bobby's very important to Dean and Dean and Sam. And so it's easy to write around that. And this is where I wish Kevin Parks, who, as Susan mentioned, is known as Parksopedia, would have yeah. stepped in. And he was the director and everything said, you know, at this point in their lives, it would probably have been better for Sam to have been staying with Pastor Jim. And I think mm-hmm. Kevin, and maybe if Kevin Parks didn't have so much on his plate as director, if he was just mm-hmm. doing his regular job as assistant director, he would have been able to, you know, realize that. But I'm, he was probably so busy with everything else, he yeah, didn't have time well, to realize that. My other thing There's is another I little thing was, about this yeah. episode. That, well, that, I wonder, I, that, I don't know if you're going to say the, the age thing, but I wonder if no. they hadn't changed, oh, well, they changed 
Dean's aged to 16 from 14 because of the way Dylan looks. Had they not done that, then the werewolf scene wouldn't have worked either. The witch scene? Um, the werewolf. werewolf. Dean, Dean saying that a werewolf gave him his bruises? Oh. It wouldn't have worked. Uh-huh. It only worked because they changed Dean's age, and they only changed Dean's age because of Dylan. Mm-hmm. So, Whoa. you know, again, that's, you know, and we have, there are resources for that. You have Kevin Parks, Parksopedia. Super Wiki is there. Um, and in my opinion, that's what you have writer's assistance for. Well, and... I, I I feel like, and this is not the first time in recent years that I feel like the minutia, as people say, mm-hmm. that the ball was dropped. Well, I have a I have a comment. Actually, I I thought about it during this episode. There's another nitpick that that Dean is telling Sam at the beginning of the episode. You know that the uh, uh, that that was on a Rougarou hunt. Well, they didn't have a clue what mm-hmm. a Rougarou was when they actually met one. So, and that kind of led me to, you know what, I kind of want to say just sort of an open comment uh, uh, to to any writer on Supernatural and you say, you know, you have a writer's assistant we have Kevin Parks. You know, he, he has Parksopedia, but he can't be everywhere all at once. So, you know, Adam, Adam Glass and, and I... I only single him out because he happens to be the writer of this episode. And then, you know, uh, Robert Barons and Brad and Eugenie and, and Andrew, Andrew David, everybody else who writes for Supernatural, you guys have the absolute best fact-checking service in the well, world. They can't at your do that, though. No, no, they, they can't take ideas for, for scripts, but they can say, has has John ever been on a Rougarou hunt? Yes or no. That's not that's not giving them a story or an idea. That's this is just fact checking. Something that sometimes they go to Super Wiki, mm-hmm. but if you don't know, you should be checking the facts. But I'm saying, well, you, and I think like, it's, like you're it'd saying, be so you easy don't to say, you hey, Supernatural family, has so and so ever done this? And then somebody could say yes or no or whatever, and it's so easy, and it's right at their phone and their computer and. Anybody Supernatural fan would be glad to do it. Well, and I think so, part of the issue is, like you're saying, they don't think that, like, is this something I should check? Mm. They don't sh- they're, they're not going to think to ask on Twitter either. And I mm-hmm. think it goes back to, you know, another issue I had, which he's not with us anymore, but when Ben Edlund um, did the Grand Canyon thing last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is such a big ball to drop. Yes, but like I was, and Becky and I were talking about this before the episode aired because I was like, benefit of the doubt, I'm really hoping, and I can fanwank the Rougarou thing because what is Dean going to say? Hey, remember when Dad was on that hunt for that thing that at the time we didn't know what it was, but then like three years ago we hunted one too, mm-hmm. and now we know that it was a Rougarou? Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that would be yeah. really clunky. However, that, you're, also, was, yeah. you're also, you also want me to believe that John went on a Rougarou hunt and never documented in his journal that Dean has read front to back over and over and over and over again. But, mm. like I told Becky that day, this was on Monday we were talking about it, uh-huh. the problem is, is that sometimes I think, and this happens with me when I do my recaps, this happens to everybody, I'm sure, you get a certain word or joke or phrase you really want to use 
and you won't let it go, even when it doesn't work. So in this case, for whatever reason, Adam really likes the word rougarou, I'm sure. Because it's a fun word to say. <laughs> say it. Rougarou. It's fun. And, and you, you don't want to let it go. It sounds like rugula, a baked good, which I like. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to let it go. The thing, with, the thing that bugs me the most about it is, yeah, I, like you said, we can totally say in Wink that at that time, John didn't know that that's what that was called. And since then, they, you know, Sam and Dean have learned, and now they know. But we shouldn't have to say in Wink that. Exactly. All, and he, all he had to do was pick up, uh, you know, you know, if Wendigo, you know, there you go. That's the word. Wendigo is almost as, if you're going for the sound of the word Wendigo Rugaru, they're both cool sounding words, you know. So mm-hmm. there you go. There's one. It was an episode. There's no or, wank about it. Everybody you know, jump knows on, jump on Wendigo online. Hunt. Yeah, jump online and pick a monster that we've never heard of before on the show. And then and, you don't have to justify anything. You could anything that sounds really cool and funny. Yeah. Or we actually and you don't have to justify it. And, and, and well, actually, and what would have tied in with the episode is Dean had werewolf bruises. Remember? Exactly. And Dad was on a werewolf hunt. Exactly. <laughs> like you're saying there, it makes no sense. John was on a rougarou hunt, so why does Dean have werewolf bruises that are pretty fresh? Yeah. So. And since and since Adam Glass. New and I love you, Adam. If you're listening, I have you know we I love you, respect Adam. We for do. you. We love you, Adam. You're great, and we love do. your episodes. And I this think is not, lining a lot. <laughs> yeah, we do love you, and you're a great writer. You're a great person. We met you at Vancouver. We just, we love you to death. But I'm just saying, you know, it's just the little things like this that the supernatural fans that we pick up on, and we, you know. It's the little things like this that makes the episode go from being an A to an A plus, mm-hmm. and you know. And so, if if you know, if Adam really wanted to use the, a Rougarou as John's hunt, then he should. I, you know, I personally, if I if I was a writer, I would go, okay, so let's see where Rougarous have been used in the past on mm-hmm. the show, and, and watch that episode. It's so easy, and it's so easy to check. I mean, there's your computer, Google, SuperWiki, like, IMDb, you know, the Twitter, and it's and it's super wi- I, I haven't checked that. Yeah, I haven't checked the entry for that episode on on the wiki or anything like that. So if it doesn't give you the information, if you're writing an episode, I feel if you're writing an episode that is specific with something like that, take the 42 minutes to watch the episode. Take those 42 minutes and make sure that you're not botching it because mm-hmm. I do feel like if you, have to, if you have to explain it, then it didn't work. Because what if we didn't have Twitter? And then there was a lot of, and I appreciate Adam taking the time the next day to come back and give us his, his feelings on why he wrote certain things about John. And I find that really fascinating to, for you to tell me as a writer what you were thinking. I love that. However, mm-hmm. I do feel like if you have to explain that much, what if there was no Twitter? Then everybody would be sitting there going, why did you do that? That made no sense. Because if there was no Twitter, you couldn't explain yourself. And you shouldn't have to explain yourself. It should be evident because number-wise, you have the people who are on Twitter, but you also have diehard fans 
or my mother, who's a casual fan but still caught it, who are going, I don't understand that, but they're not on Twitter. So it's a very small percentage of fans that are on Twitter that versus who actually watch the show. Mm-hmm. So. And again, we're not picking on Adam or anything, or just no. He we just have he just has some, yeah. He has the misfortune kind of, of it being this, yeah. Well, he has the misfortune mm-hmm. of us kind of venting about this during his episode, which is like I said, I the, the, when he when when the sneak peek first hit and that he was getting a lot of tweets about the Rougarou thing, the first thing that came to mind for me was Ben Edlin and the Grand Canyon thing because. Again, Ben is another writer that I thoroughly respect. Um, mm-hmm. Having met and interviewed uh, Ben Edlund, the man is absolutely out there. He's so difficult to have a conversation with. I can't follow his train of thought because he's brilliant. He's, his brain is just moving so freaking fast. He's brilliant. So, again, me criticizing or giving some constructive criticism is no way me saying, I don't like you, I don't like your writing. In fact, if I didn't like your re- your writing or you, I wouldn't bother. Mm-hmm. So i just go, whatever. But because mm-hmm. I do think that Adam is a good, a really great writer and, and story breaker, that mm-hmm. I would like, like Becky said, I would like his episodes to not be a B plus or an A. I'd like them to be an A plus. And I don't want those... Mm-hmm the deduction of points to be nitpick things because it's unnecessary. It is unnecessary. And it would have just taken a few tweaking of lines to give you why why Sam so readily accepted this. Or tell me that Sam threw temper tantrums about it. Mm-hmm. If you tell me that Sam threw temper tantrums about it, but had no choice because he's 12 years old to suck it up and deal with it, I'll buy that. If you tell me, if Sam, if you would have had one line of Sam saying, yeah, I always thought that was kind of weird. That's it. That's all you need. Mm. So, again, yeah. if I didn't care, there's there's tons of shows I watch that mess up a little bit, and I just go, meh. Because I don't yeah. care as much. I don't care enough. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. It's it's because we love Supernatural so much that we mm-hmm. that it we pick we nitpick because we care. <laughs> yeah. There's only there's only yes. three shows. There's only four shows. I sometimes I, I consider Buffy and Angel one show. There's only four shows I've ever bothered to nitpick, and that's Buffy, Angel, Queer as Folk, and Supernatural. Everything else, I will forgive you your sins. I don't really care. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I nitpicked like, this. I used to nitpick the X Files because yeah, I had just adored that show and was so invested. Well, in. Like, like I have, and I love, I, I, I have potential sleep. nitpick issues with Sleepy Hollow, but I don't care, so I let it go. I'm just like, it's a bad pretty. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, I, Sleepy Hollow yeah, is so nitpick. insane that I I can't nitpick anything. They're so they just pull from everywhere and it's so crazy and it's just I'm all either, about the chemistry yeah, for me. But yeah, I. I vacillate between overwhelmed and bored with that show. So, but as long as they have Ichabod say something and wear those clothes, I'm fine. <laughs> and, you know, speaking of Sleepy Hollow, we have to give a little shout-out to Orlando Jones, who live-tweeted 
our supernatural the other night because Jared couldn't, and he he is on Sleepy Hollow, and I never knew that he was such a Spanish kind of guy, and he just was yeah, so fun. He was just I'm not great. Sure, I'm not sure how much of the show he's actually watched, but he is. I feel like his fandom is Tumblr, not not an actual show is his fandom, but <laughs> yeah. he is part of the Tumblr fandom. Besides his own I'm, show. Yeah, I'm, I'm perplexed. I have yeah, a, I'm perplexed. I haven't even sure about his own show. <laughs> I have a feeling that he's maybe watched episodes of Supernatural, maybe, you know, this yeah. uh, second one. I mean, it's I just cool. thought it was hilarious. I <laughs> yeah, I would have loved for him to have been using the hashtag Supernatural rather than sweet, Super Sleepy. Although the Super Sleepy was cute, um, because yeah. that is one thing I'm so jealous of, of, of Sleepy Hollow, because they have the cutest phantom name. Like, you're the Sleepy Heads. That's adorable. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Oh, I wish I loved the show, because I want to be a Sleepy Head. It's so cute. But, yeah, I really wish yeah. you would have used hashtag Supernatural, because ratings are pretty. But, um... Especially with this episode that we, you know, we didn't have our lead in and we had the Lady Gaga thing, so it would have been nice to have a little help. But mm. you know, if this is what kickstarts him into watching, maybe he'll go back and watch the whole series and give us one of the. I love when actors do. Um, I just discovered this show. Let me like, let me live tweet my watching of it. I love when actors mm. do that on Twitter. So I would really mm-hmm. enjoy for him to do that. But yeah, I'm a little, I, yeah. Dustin Milligan, uh, a couple years ago, he would live tweet Parenthood. And Dustin Milligan, he was Corbett, the ghost facer who mm-hmm. died. And him live tweeting Parenthood episodes just cracked me up for some reason. <laughs> and it, it, I was like, okay, that's just strange that that's the show that he live tweets. You know, <laughs> but every week he would live tweet Parenthood. <laughs> <laughs> I really I really get a kick out of it when actors are like, I'm not on this show. I love this show. I'm going to love mm-hmm. you about this show. And I'm like, oh, you're adorable. Or, you know, we have, uh, like, Osric that used to live tweet the show. I'm like, you are on this show. You're adorable. I'm and pretty sure Osric <laughs> forgets that he's on the show sometimes. <laughs> and he was, he, he, Osric has live tweeted episodes that he's not even in, which I think I are hilarious. Yes, I adore that. He's so fun. That, and he wore a dress to Burkhan today. How can you not adore him? A dress he in a, does a, like his in a blonde wig with a braid. God bless him. He, he <laughs> makes a very pretty Rapunzel. I showed that to my yes, husband. He was like, wow. My husband's like, he's hot. <laughs> he has great legs. He's got yeah. great legs. Um, very nice. And, and, is, <laughs> and I love, and I love the, that um, because... When well, just when Osric was going to live tweet an episode, but he was stuck at the airport. The episode where Dean was a, um, you know, the dog. dog, dog oh, and he wrote his little fanfic. Yes. He wrote his little fanfic. I <laughs> well, just wrote his own. I'm like, oh, well, Osric, the best he, thing about that is at that point, Misha, call, Misha was still following him on Twitter, and he was he is the only person that Misha was following. So he was like, wait, mm-hmm. wait I just realized that I just feel that Misha's tw- <laughs> Misha's feed with, <laughs> with this. <laughs> um, Osric okay, is awesome. Just, he just—he's like the Uber fan or something. I don't know. He's just—he's well, he, I will be a, say to that be one of the, to be one of the stars of the show, and then he's as equally a big a fan of the show as we are. I think is just awesome. Yeah, and because yes. people, I think people tend to forget that you know, and, and Jim Beaver said this several, several, several times. Um, 
because you have to do something you have to reiterate that for most actors they're not reading scripts that they're not in you know why would they they're not getting that script you don't get it if you're not in that episode mm. and really for an actor they don't need it's not part of their job to worry about the continuity because that's the editors and the writers job that shouldn't be something you come in as an actor and go wait the last time i was on this show my character said this and then in two episodes after that that I wasn't in, the other character said this. That's not your job. Your job is just to show up and say your lines. And right. so with, with Osric, I find it so endearing that he's like, yeah, I'm not in this episode, but I still care. <laughs> I still want to know, yeah. know what happened with Saga Deed. <laughs> and I would like to know where Kevin, you know, I guess Kevin, they just left him at the bunker while they went to check out Sunny's Home for Boys in this episode. Well, I thought it was really funny because, you know, Sam does the whole Kevin, Dean, and you're given the impression that Kevin and Dean aren't there, but as soon as the phone rings and Sam answers it, Dean's there. Why is Sam acting so shady about reading a book? Isn't that like what you do? <laughs> Isn't that like you're seeing the book? I, and you have a I, room. Only thing I can, because it was one of the Wizard of Oz books, and maybe he yeah, thought which he I did like that nice little. Yeah. Yeah, I like that nice little nod to Robbie's episode because you know, um, yeah, right. Adam, Adam, and Robbie do have their own special relationship. Yeah, uh, too. Although, although other, yeah, although other writers and actors and location managers, Russ, uh, do try <laughs> to come between them. There, there is. is they, they, they will probably share a heaven one day. Um, I'm just saying. <laughs> So, so I did, yeah, I did like that, 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 that nod to him. And I like, again, you know, as I think genre fans, we like when things link together and we like when one when one thing nods to another. We get a kick out of that as, mm-hmm. as genre fans, as geeks. Yeah. Um, so. I just want to point out Blake Gibbons played Sunny. And Blake Gibbons will always be Coleman from General Hospital to me. I know he's done many other things. He's a pretty busy guy. And I think even even Jen, uh, Jared's wife, in case there's two people left in the world who don't know, um, said, oh, Josh Brolin. <laughs> yeah. And, yes, he is very reminiscent of Josh Brolin, but he's like Coleman from General Hospital. And he plays... The same kind of character. He always has that kind of porn stash, kind of you know, <laughs> ex biker con artist, con kind of thing going. And it was just fun to see him on this episode because, despite his his history, he's actually a good guy in this episode. And I don't have too much more to say about it except that we, you know, a general hospital drove me crazy for so long, and he was like a bright spot for a while in general hospital. So it's very cool to see him on my on my very very favorite show and my my list of wannabe guest stars on Supernatural is getting shorter and shorter. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know remember, up. <laughs> remember, you know, Susan, you and I used to always talk about how much we wanted Nick Lee and Jason Doring on the show, and then we got yes. them both in the same season. It was freaking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and that happens for me. I am so jealous. Like, where is the episode where Luke Perry is? 
why is Luke Perry not guest starring on Supernatural? This is no, what my, I need in my life. Well, my family oh, now that I've had Jason and Nick, who I want on the show, is Brendan Fair, my love from Roswell. Oh, yeah, I could do Brendan still Fair. And still love yeah. and can totally see on this show. He's he's yes. tall. He's he's very down to earth. He's very grounded. He could totally fit in Supernatural. And he's when Canadian. He's used to fans and his genre, and he's a Canadian. It's like Brendan. Like there's more to be on Supernatural. Well, he does have he does have the show he's on now. Yeah, mine would be I completely agree with Brendan Fair. Um, I really. I need Luke Perry. I need Nick Brendan. I really need Nick Brendan to be on this show in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Gail Harold. Gail Harold. And I'm sorry, I'm never letting it go. I want Chad Michael Murray on this show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't know. Chad, Chad, when everything started, yeah, when everything started breaking about like, oh, we're getting Satan or we're getting God and God, God, God. And, I was like, they should sound like we're ready to play one or the other. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> we got, um, we already got James Marsters and Charisma Carpenter, so those were like yeah. two of my top ones. So yeah, now, that's true. I did get those. The main one that I really would like to see on the show now is Eliza Dushku as a hunter. I think she Ooh, would be good. great. I would love to have her. Oh, I don't like her. So no, <gasps> I know I'm no fan of Eliza. Uh uh-uh. uh. I'm nope. sorry, uh-uh. our friendship is over. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> this, this podcast has come to a sudden end. We're sorry for everyone who's listening, but um. <laughs> well, oh, Eliza, no. actually, I I like her as Faith very, very, very much. I I still like her as Faith, but I and as far as Dollhouse, I think you know she was a victim I think of she some was of the writing and the stories. But I as think a she person, was fully miscast for Dollhouse. Yes, oh, as, as far as a person, I, I love her. I don't know her, I but her. I am not a fan of of some of her beliefs. I am not a fan of the fact that she's a hunter. There, I've seen her on talk shows, and I, there's nothing there that that interests me as mm. for being a fan of Eliza Dushku. So you know, anybody who is like, my only actually my only personal my only personal issue with her is that she's a Celtics fan, and oh. Uh, <laughs> that's bad news bears. Like that's the I, I don't know that. why. Faith well, she's probably no thanks. <laughs> Faith, Faith and Cordelia are my two top Whedonverse characters, and I just love Eliza's Faith. And then I love. I thought she was great on Dollhouse. The second season, I... especially. She, you all, you have not watched all of Dollhouse. I was going to say I haven't watched all of it. However, what I will say is the way the char- what, what her character was supposed to be, and I like Eliza, and I like the character she plays, and I think she's gorgeous. But I don't think she has the biggest range as an actress. If you you have to sometimes. There's so many things I've told you you have to watch. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much, I don't know where you think I get all this time, but um. One of these days when you sit down, one of these days when you sit down and watch all of Dollhouse, and it it would take you very not very long because there wasn't many episodes. Yeah. You would see that she changes and grows, and it's it turns out to be a really great character. And mm. then, although her character on True Calling, she was not her acting on True Calling was not good. Oh, she was although it's not, when Jason Priestley 
came on to True Calling, the show got 50 million times better, and so did her acting. So the second season of True Calling is better than the first. Agreed, agreed, agreed. I will always, Um, always, always love her, though. But before you watch Dollhouse, you have to sit down and watch Veronica Mars. Okay, here's the thing that I'm going to put. I'm going to put... Here's the one thing to anybody who is listening to us right now to talk about shows that are not supernatural. Sorry. Becky and Susan have told me, you have to watch this, you have to watch this, you have to watch this, you have to watch this. I have told Becky one show to watch. One. And she hasn't done it. One. Which one? What? Queer Which as folk. One? Queer as folk. I can't find it. It's nowhere to be found. Netflix has it. Netflix has it. Order it. Netflix does not have it. They should. They well. They used to have it because I still have disc two of season two, and I've had it for like I don't know ten years now because I've never sent it back to Netflix. Oops. Sorry, Netflix. Um. I oh yeah. They ended up sending me a letter. They ended up sending me a letter after I after I paid for it. Like you know, they charge you every month no matter what you send back and when you send it back. After I paid like two hundred dollars for one disc of one season of Queer as Folk, they're like, "You own this. Just keep it." Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. I've, I've looked before, and I'm I'm looking again right now. And Queer as Folk, they don't have it available streaming or on DVD. They I'm oh, sure they probably I've seen quite a maybe bit they of only, it, and I did like it yeah, very much. Maybe they it only had one good. copy of it, and now that they don't have disc two of season two, they just took it off. So like, no, they, they don't have that. That one chick in Texas has it. It's all your fault. So there you go. It is a really difficult <laughs> show. That you, it's pretty much near impossible to find online. It is. But still. Yeah. I uh, very good, though. It is very good. Anyway, before we lose but our we last 12 minutes, I really want to watch it. Yeah, but we digress. Um, but if anybody's listening, Gail Harold is willing to work in Canada because Queer as Folk filmed in Toronto. So go ahead and give him a call for Supernatural. He's very pretty. And, and Secret Circle. And he's, worked, yes, and he's worked for the CW. Well, and Hellcats, too. He's worked for the CW before. You have his number. Also, he's tall, so he can film with Jared and Jensen very easily. <laughs> okay, so does if Gail Harold needs a publicist or anything, Vinny is available. <laughs> <laughs> dream job, seriously. <laughs> yeah. My other dream guest, of course, is, is David Duchovny. Again, used to the genre, and Californication, I think, is probably ending soon. So, yeah, you know, I didn't know that was still on until the other day. I thought that show, and I thought that show out the air years ago. No, turns out so up. No, I really want Cal- <laughs> I want Californication in so much because I love David Duchovny, but I hate that show, and I want him to be on a show that I would actually like again. So yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway. Let's see. Going back to yeah, going back to this episode, um, I do want to say one of the things I always enjoy about Dean is whenever he is just one hundred percent done with a bully. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So so his scene where he's telling Timmy how to stand up for himself and the handshake scene because I'm a big oh. believer in a, in a good handshake too. I hate yes. when people give me a wishy-washy handshake. Oh, and yeah. I just, Yeti hands. I like, yeah, and there, there are things like that that, again, it's a headcanon thing, but I can just see Dean teaching Sam these kind of things. 
you know, that was an adorable scene. Yeah. And you know, those little throwbacks, those little throwbacks that you get to Dean's, you know, gooey center kind of thing. I I always like because you know you're, we're so used to seeing that when it, when Sam is concerned, but I like it when it's mm-hmm. when it's outside of Sam as well, and. Dean hanging out with kids will always be a fun thing. Yeah, I I love that too, and I uh, I liked uh, Timmy, the little guy playing Timmy. I thought he did a he did a good job, and you know I I felt so sorry for his for him because it, with good reason it wasn't right, but but best of intentions, Dean thought the ghost was tied to Timmy's ghost oh, of the mom was tied to the toy, and it's and it mom his her. His mom gave him that toy, and Dean burned it. It turned out to not stay. I'm like, oh, I would have loved an additional moment in that episode where Dean replaces the toy. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Because that's probably the so last bad. thing he had from his mom. Plus, it was his favorite toy, and I hated that. Not he, you know, he lost his yeah. toy. That's heartbreaking. I know. I felt so. Oh, bad for him. At first, I was afraid because you know we've we've learned that you know ghosts attach themselves. They, you know they, they, you know, it's DNA. Sometimes I was like, oh my god, are we gonna have to burn the kid? Is she is she just tied to her son? Are we gonna have to burn the kid? That's gonna suck. I really had that oh thought for a moment. <laughs> like like in um, the episode with the best title ever, Mannequins Three: The Reckoning. When yeah. it was the sister's kidney, you know, the sister had, yes, had sister exactly. given her a kidney, and they had to, she had to accidentally get killed for the mm-hmm. ghost to go away. So yeah, I was worried yeah, about was that. Like, we're gonna burn, yeah, we're gonna burn the kid. But, the kid yeah. hurts the kid. I guess you know. There apparently, you know, apparently the kid just had to talk his mom down. And I did like again, you know, we talk about you know as much as we're nitpicking poor Adam about little things as well or not so little things depending on how you feel about them. Um, I did like, you know, that he gave a nod to ghosts getting bitter over time. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. You know, that, that you know, the mother, initially she was just, you know, watching out for her kid, but she's been a ghost for so long that it's distorting her perception of things. I really like mm-hmm. that he remembered that. Um, yeah. And... I don't know if it was intentional that the actress who played Timmy's mother was just so reminiscent of Mary Winchester. Yeah. And I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was on purpose or just like, oh, you know, I'm not saying all blonde girls look alike because they don't, but there was just the way, mm-hmm. not just her looks, but the way she portrayed the ghost once the once the grossness fell off of her. Mm-hmm. Um which, that was a great effect. Uh, yeah. The effects department, that was awesome. Yeah. It really, yeah, it was about, really well done. What about Dean saying, uh, encouraging Timmy to let, let his mother go? He says, sometimes you have to do what's best for you, even though it's not right for someone you love. Of that line. Like, hmm. My interpretation of that line, I've seen different interpretations of that line, but my interpretation of that line was, it was... I find Dean to be a very selfish character, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Um, I obviously love him, 
but I find him to be selfish, especially when it comes to, you know, Sam. So I kind of read it as, you know, you have to hurt the person you, you love, Sam, by doing, you know, what you want, which is keeping Sam around. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's the way I took it, too. I was confused a little bit, but after I thought about it, it was like, yeah, he's talking about when he let Ezekiel possess Sam. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I saw a lot of people being like, oh, you know, Dean's realizing what he did was wrong. Well, I don't think Dean's unaware of the fact that what he did was wrong. Mm-hmm. I think he fully knows that. I think he's just like, well, you know. Oh, yeah. It's not that Dean is very much a an ends justify the means kind of guy, and his means, his ends are Sam, and he will use whatever means there is. Yeah. Yeah. He's not sorry. He feels really bad, and he feels guilty and and, and all of that, but it still wouldn't change his decision that what he yeah, did. Yeah, he would do it again. He would definitely do it Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did. That was my interpretation. I've seen other interpretations of the line, which, you know, an interpretation is always valid. But um, mm-hmm. no, that's that. Uh, that's not that. That happens to be my interpretation is that it was mm-hmm. kind of Dean's uh, oblique way of justifying his behavior. Mm-hmm. Fine with me. Mm-hmm. Another thing people have been talking about, and it's also tied to the age should have been fourteen was originally fourteen, now it's sixteen, is. Some were saying that they they thought Dean would be far more experienced with girls and was acting so awkward with Robin and then the kissing and all that. But I don't know, maybe I'm in the minority, but I I wasn't that surprised. I mean, it's not so much, that, so much that Dean wasn't super experienced with Robin. She's a, maybe a very different girl than he's had contact with before and also he doesn't have much contact with with women you know I mean he doesn't really stay or girls I should say at that point and he doesn't stay in the same school very much you know he's only got Sam and he's never been to me actually still even today I mean he always he's always been someone who's talked a very big game and he's not unpopular but I don't think he's quite as much as he sometimes I, says he is, or it depends on the no. type of women and the relationship. Um, I mean, we've, I know we've talked about it before when he actually cares for someone. You know, his sex scenes are mostly sweet very tender. and quiet and very tender, and Sam's wild and crazy. Yeah, I... Yeah, which I always so I can like that. I, I can <laughs> totally see him maybe being a little yeah, bit that yeah I didn't think that was weird at all yeah I didn't think that was weird at all because again at sixteen and someone who's taking care of your really young brother at that point because okay let's say you had in your head that Dean was sexually active at fourteen well that would have made Sam nine ten years old and. Dean is his primary caretaker, which has already been established in canon for that age, that time frame of them, for them. That's not an age where he could really leave Sam alone. You know, at 12 years old, you can kind of, you know, I'm going to go to the store real quick, I'll be back. I really don't see Sam, Dean doing that to Sam at Sam being like nine. 
So mm-hmm. let alone I'm going to go meet a girl real quick. And, you know, mm-hmm. at, at 14 years old back then, I don't know, I don't know how teenagers are now because I haven't been one in half a lifetime. But I know that me at 14, if I had told my mother, I'm going to go hang out with this boy that I don't even really know and you don't know, and he lives in the motel down the street, there's no way my mm-hmm. mom would go. So I really mm-hmm. don't see where Dean would have had the opportunity to become mm-hmm. experienced. And I like I totally this, yeah. I like that this kind of set up the Dean we meet at 18 because mm-hmm. it is kind of one of those things that, I, you know, your experiences shape you, and this kind of was like, okay. And I liked... I really like that this is kind of what put a shell around Dean as far as female relationships go, mm-hmm. where he knew, where it, it, it really hit home to him that I'm going to leave, so there's no need for, mm-hmm. there's no point in me getting, creating a connection. And mm-hmm. the one time, the only two times that we see Dean really form a connection with a woman that he, perce- that he intends to be long-term, it's because Sam's not around. You have Cassie, mm-hmm. and during that time frame, Sam's at Stanford, and as far as Dean knows, he's never going to see his brother again. And then when Sam jumps into the pit, you have him with Lisa. Mm-hmm. So I, for me, I felt like this was a good time frame to create that persona of Dean, to really create that, that posturing that he develops. Mm-hmm. I can also see him getting the eye from an older woman, a much older woman who kind of goes, hmm, you know, cute little 16-year-old and kind Which, of well, I could see being the kind of person where she sort of overlook that, you know. I can, I can see that possibly. I don't know if they get very far because of John and Sam and all that, but I can totally see a possibility of an older one. Yeah. Here's the funny thing for me, and this is one of those, like, you can't separate reality from your head sometimes, but, you know, we all know what Jensen looked like at 16, 17, 18 years old, like I said earlier. And we have an idea of what Brock Kelly looked like, and we know that Brock was intended to be 18-year-old theme. And I can totally at, this is going to sound horrible, I'm so sorry. I don't mean this way it's going to come out, but at my current age, which is, I'll be 32 in a couple of weeks, um, I can objectively curve on what Dean, what, what Jensen looked like at 17, 18 years old, and I can objectively curve on Brock Kelly playing 18-year-old Dean. I cannot curve on Dylan Everett, and he is 18. And I'm like, no, no. <laughs> because there's something about the actor that reads very young, because he's 18. I think he well, could have done 14 or 15, I no was problem. That. So I don't know why I was saying that. Yeah, I was saying that to, oh, it was one of the comments in the recap. The, the person was like, he didn't, he looked too young to be 16 or something like that. And I was like, well, actually, 18. I was like, and I would have believed 14 or, or 15 out of it, out of him. Because mm-hmm. not only that, yeah, by television, too. we're very, yeah, by television, we're conditioned to, to look at somebody who's, older and feel that they read younger, you know, 90210 had mm-hmm. twenty had a 30-year-old paying a 16-year-old. And if you follow um, Bianca Lawson's career, 
Bianca Lawson has been playing a teenager pretty much for like two-thirds of my life. Um, and if any, so she was, um, oh my God, I just blanked on her, her name. She was Kendra, the vampire slayer in Buffy. And she, she was playing a teenager then. She's still playing a teenager. She was just a teenager on Pretty Little Liars like a year ago. So, mm-hmm. yeah. We're very conditioned in that way as television viewers to kind of read people as younger than, younger than they actually are or look. So I totally yeah. could have bought him at 14, 15. Totally. It's like mm-hmm. when, um, back when Friday Night Lights was on, um, the actor plays Tim Riggins. It's totally hot. Taylor Kidd. But I could, yeah, but I could not perv on him because he's playing a high school kid. Yet in real life, he's the same age as Jared, you know, who, yeah, okay, I, fine, I admit I perv on Jared. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're, I was wondering how you were going to word that. <laughs> <laughs> they're the same age, but yet Taylor Kitsch, you know, it's like, no, he's just a kid. No, 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 you know, so. <laughs> you have the same kind of stuff. Like, I have no problem admitting that I perv on Brock Kelly, but having to say that I perv on Jensen, I was kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I can't even say what's because I've met you. And I've met both of them, so I don't know what that pause was for. I know. We, we, yeah, that's the thing. You know, it's all the conventions and everything. You meet them all, and so your thoughts and your views on them change because you feel Except you for- have a more personal connection to them than you did before, and you see them as real people. But yet, mm-hmm. they're still hot. Yeah, because <laughs> here's my thing. I will tell you who the cows come home. He, yeah, Sam Winchester's hot. I don't want to say it about Jared. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> I think Jared. I think Jared knows. I think he's hot. So. Well, yeah, he's fully. Jared and Jensen, yeah, Jared and Jensen are fully aware that we find them attractive. I just don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever make me say it out loud to the two of you. Thank you. But, yeah, they, they are not unaware. Uh, they'd be ridiculous to be unaware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else about the episode that I wanted to mention, and now I can't think of it. Oh, um, what made me, again, again, John Winchester, I love you, but it made me really sad about the wrestling um, certificate mm. because we know that John kept Sam's soccer trophies and I'm like would John have kept Dean's wrestling uh, certificate I'd like to think yeah. that he would have I'd like to think that he would have I hope so I think so too because wrestling is actually something you could put into use as a hunter whereas soccer uh not really, you know, so. Which I think, mm-hmm. I think it's really funny that he's, like, wrestling champ of his division and everything, but then, like, in canon we get the very first, you know, the pilot, Sam overtakes him when they're grappling, and then in Tall Tales, when they're wrestling on the bed, he's just a mess. It's just a flailing mess. So I found it really, like, the dichotomy is hilarious to me. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I don't have siblings, but I assume when you're fighting with your siblings, you know, like, all sense of decorum goes out the window. <laughs> all technique <laughs> is, is, is gone. You're just going to tooth and nail it. But I find it funny. Mm-hmm. But I will, you know, and I guess, you know, not to pick on Adam, because they're going back, even back that far, 
like Sam's soccer trophies and him being a math lead, those are all things that I think our canon is kind of ridiculous for implying because, you know, as we've said, those are things you have to kind of be able to stick around for. And yeah, yeah. I don't see... Like, in all reality, in all reality, Sam Winchester would have never gotten a, a, a scholarship to Stanford. And never would have happened. I would have thought that all of those things would have been possible if we didn't get in the um, Wizard of Oz episode him saying that he never really, you know, lived long, anywhere long enough to have a home and to consider a place home. Yeah. So Which he never in really to get, lived In order to get a scholarship like, like Sam got, you would have had to be in the extracurriculars that they've implied he's in but in order mm-hmm. to be in those, you have to be you have to be there, right? So, mm. well, I always think they make such a big deal out of Sam, you know, heading off to law school, and his LSAT scores were what were they one seventy five? One seventy four. One seventy four. One seventy five is perfect. Well, I. Uh, <laughs> I like to point out that Elle Woods and Legally Blonde got 179. So there's some perspective on Sam. But again, that's the whole point. That's the whole point of Legally Blonde is that you, they underestimated how smart she really was. Oh, yeah. Which, but I, you know. It just cracks me up. But I, I, get, your, <laughs> I get your point. But that and that's my that that's always been my issue with you know Sam getting a full ride to Stanford. I'm like how, how, like I don't care how smart you are. Getting a scholarship is not just about how smart you are, how well you test. It's. I would love mm-hmm. to see Sam's Sam's please pick me letter because you always have to send a, pi- a please pick me letter or essay. I want to see that essay because what what on earth did you write, Sam Winchester? Please get me away from my hunting mm. lifestyle. My dad's making me very, very miserable. Oh, no. Oh, I remember what I was going to say about the episode. Um, and, you know, harping on Adam. And now I'm about to heap tons of praise on you, Adam. The, the lines about Dean being a mechanic and fixing a car and it being a <gasps> puzzle. And then you send it off and you don't go, oh, my. Bravo. Bravo on so many levels. I just thought that was fantastic. I love the idea of, at that age, Dean wanting to be a mechanic because clearly the Impala was not his yet, even though he is 16. So everybody who thought that, you know, everybody who had in their head that John gave Dean the Impala on his 16th birthday, well, so much for that. Um, although I have it in my head that it was for his 18th birthday, but whatever. That's always been, that's always been my head canon. So, which means next mm-hmm. season, some, some, which means next season, there's going to be an episode that's going to completely obliterate that. But whatever. Um, mm. I like the idea because it also harkens back to a very supernatural Christmas where Dean sits down with his his car magazine. So we know that even at that young age, he had an interest. And the interest carries over. And I also think that I've always said, you know, when people say Dean's not smart, to be able to, the engineering involved in, in putting a car back together is mm. mathematic, is mathematically just 
fat, like I can't imagine putting that kind of, as Dean says in this episode, that kind of puzzle together. And then mm-hmm. just the heartbreak of him saying, and then you send them off and you don't have to worry about them anymore. Like they're not your responsibility anymore. And mm-hmm. I've always kind of, you know, I've always had this idea that, you know, we have the canon of John not wanting Sam to go to college because he was worried. And I do always kind of have this thing in my head where, in a way, Sam was Dean's car of that time where, you know, he put all the, he put all the puzzle pieces together. He showed up for Sam's um, play when Sam was in our town. He went to those things. He did those things. And he basically prepared Sam to leave because Sam was his responsibility. So for a lot of reasons, I really, canonical and headcanon, I really liked that moment a lot. So mm. excellent, excellent insight into Dean, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, speaking of Christmas, we last, when the Men of Letters episode and Bunker aired, and we talked about enjoying um, Dean settling down, being domestic, cooking, stuff we like to see. I mentioned that I want to see a Christmas tree in the bunker because mm-hmm. now that they have a home and a place to put one, and I wonder if I'm going to get one. I don't hold out a I'm, whole lot of hope. <laughs> We're running out of time. I would really but, like for them to do it, especially with the, 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 the endings of slumber parties of Sam kind of, you know, accepting that this is home. And there's a lot mm-hmm. of interpretations to that scene, but he's basically accepting he has a home, whether you consider the home to be a bunker, the home to be Dean, you know, whatever. I would like for, and especially given what we had in um, A Very Supernatural Christmas, I would really like for Sam to put up a tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, would like, I would like Sam and, and Kevin and Dean to have a tree. Yeah. Especially, you know, Kevin having to deal with not having his mom and... Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're not getting it. Um, There's not going to be an episode the week of December the 9th um, because we got this. um, Well, we we go on hiatus after the the third. Um, So the third is the last one for December, Mm -hmm. yeah, because there's not anything the week of December 10th. So the third would have to be... And I don't see that episode having a Christmas tree, <laughs> unfortunately. No. There might be a Christmas tree in the opening scene before everything falls apart, because the theory <laughs> is everything falls apart in that episode. So there might be an opening scene in the bunker with a tree. I hope. I hope, I hope, I hope. It would be nice. I mean, I, mean, I don't hold out a whole lot of hope, but be nice. We've only we've only had the one Christmas thing. Well, we had we've had Dean ask Sam to be his Valentine twice. So clearly, he cares about holidays. You know, he cares about Christmas. Yes. Cares about Valentine's Day. I don't know. Maybe he'll get Sam. He cares about basket. Halloween. He likes yeah. Candy. Yeah. So maybe he'll get Sam an Easter basket in the spring. <laughs> That's possible. I would love for Sam to wake up and have an Easter basket at the foot of his bed. Like that, please, someone do that for me. <laughs> oh, by, by, so, um, I please do that. And by please do that for me, don't do that for me because that's the cheesiest thing ever. Nobody makes that happen. Nobody. <laughs> this is why no, I don't. This is why, this is why I don't. Yeah, this is why I don't write the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, in Supernatural, if the if the if the an Easter basket showed up, there'd probably be an actual Easter. 
funny. He's standing there because yeah, there's a tooth and fairy they and he'd shoot the basket. And they probably gun him down. Or he'd be yeah. some horribly twisted version of, of an Easter bunny and, you know, he'd be really be That's... a pagan god who likes to wear Okay, I take it back. I take it back. Somebody make this happen. Bringing up my kids again, my son Dylan, definitely afraid of the Easter Bunny growing up because he thought it would be, you know, the ginormous mutant rabbit that you see at the malls, you know, and he's like, I don't want that thing coming into my house. You know? <laughs> he's like, that oh, thing is so away from my house. <laughs> Um, oh, gosh. It's too funny. We are running, uh, we're running close to the end of this. Another thing I really liked about the episode, I really liked the salt circle, bringing back the salt circle. It's a long time since we had a good salt circle. Yes. Um, I, li- I like when it gets back to the basics and mechanics. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Um, goes along with the grave digging and the salt and burn. And I have to say, I was looking through um, Ozark's Twitter while we've been talking, and um, when he was tweeting about the episode the other night, he tweeted, us children can be so awesome, but they make the most terrifying monsters. That is a creepy smile. And the official Supernatural Twitter, CW underscore SPN, replied back, they only want to be your friend. Well, I don't. You don't see the actual um, at CWSPN underscore SPN actually replying to people very often. And Osric mm. uh, replied back, "LOL, that is the creepiest answer ever. We should hang out sometime. Personification of supernatural. You get me. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. He's great. Speaking of, oh, um." There was something I was going to say that was related to that, but I don't remember what it was. This is not related to that. Um, Robin going into her uh, family business and initially not wanting to, and her talking about her being, you know, very happy she wouldn't change it. Um, again, mm-hmm. nice parallel, nice parallel, Adam. Mm. Um, and having you know Dean, you know, agree and, and get it. And I think. I saw I saw a decent amount of backlash about Dean, you know, wanting to have a normal life or whatever, and him being, you know, sucked into the allure of that, and how out of character it was. But I disagree, and I I don't know if Adam purposely researched this or just remembers this about Dean or just gets Dean in that way. But when you go back to skin. Dean specifically tells Sam that he had dreams. This is not what he wanted to do. And so mm. I felt like anybody who was kind of giving Adam slack from, for that, it's one of those where I want to, you know, know your history kind of things. But um, I like that that we kind of got and we can now use as canon for that statement that Dean makes and skin, which is, you know, mm-hmm. now seven, now seven and a half years ago, it's it's good to have that tie-in because it is always one of those things where you're like, well, what dreams did you have, Dean? What were you going to do? 
I also, I saw this, somebody had said this, but, um, you know, in What Is and What Should Never Be, Dean's a mechanic. And in this, Dean wants to be a mechanic. And they're like, well, how come he was a construction worker when he was with Lisa? And someone's reply to that was like, well, because when he was with Lisa, that was like the shell of him. And, you know, he just, these are what he really wanted, but with Lisa, that was not 100% Dean. So I thought that was an interesting meta on that. I don't know if I 100% agree with it, but it's an interesting thought. But overall, really, really enjoyed the episode. You know, minor, mm-hmm. minor, uh, I don't want to say I don't even want to say issues, but I guess there aren't issues. Minor issues as far as continuity and canon, but I think if I wasn't someone who was super invested in the show, if I was a very casual viewer, I'd probably give it a, a, a solid A plus. Mm. Uh, I always fall into my friend Becky, who is not online at all. Like I said, she, I've told before, she still has dial up and uses AOL. So there you go. But um, she, you know, not on. She lo- loved it. Thought it was a great episode. So had no mm-hmm. problem whatsoever. And that's because she's not online. She doesn't follow the minutia like all of us. Do. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. my my mom is always my gauge because my mom is what I consider to be a casual fan, as I said. Um, where she's seen the episodes several times over. She watches them on TNT. We watch them together, but she's not online at all. She reads my recaps because I'm her daughter. That's it. She listens to one podcast of ours, Misha's, because she likes Misha. It has nothing to do with us. She does not care. Um, <laughs> Thanks a lot. And, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, only if Misha's involved. She doesn't, watch, she doesn't watch Jared and Jensen's interviews. She doesn't watch their con panels. Nothing, but Misha being on Larry King, she's like, send me the link to that. Like, yes, Mom. She's just, mm-hmm. yeah. She, she, she's very much a Misha girl. Well, she's got so, her priorities. It's okay. true. Her her priorities run very close to mine. Hers is Misha, Jared, Jensen. And she will always tell me that she loved Jared first. She will, always, she will never let me forget that, that she loved Jared first. She did. <laughs> She's got a better eye than I do, apparently. But she caught some of the issues, and some of them went completely past her. And, you know, she kind of, you know, she took pause at Rougarou, and she was like, wait a minute, didn't they? Eh, okay. But, you know, the 16 versus 14 werewolf thing, that would have never occurred to her. If they had maintained Dean being under 16 and the werewolf thing, she would have never caught it. Mm. So... I wonder why a werewolf left bruises. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that close. That close. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying to not. I'm trying to not nitpick the werewolf thing. <laughs> because I why know. was the like, werewolf oh, no. close enough? Yeah. Why was the werewolf close enough to grab you like that? How did he grab you like that to leave bruises like that? And when did this happen? If John is hunting a Rougarou, like we said, and those those bruises were really fresh. 
<laughs> we'll let it I go. I suppose they could have done you... them before he changed into a werewolf. Okay. And I do think... Yeah, and here's the really weird thing I want to know is we know that a werewolf was Dean's first kill. Was this it? Is this Dean immediately post-first kill? I don't feel like this is the Dean that we're... I don't feel like that's this Dean. I feel like Mm. that Dean would be a lot closer to uh, Brock's Dean versus this Dean. I feel like this Dean, personality-wise, is pre-kill. Mhm. Yeah, I had to. Let, I had to let a lot go with the werewolf. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh golly. But I'm excited for next week's episode. I think it'll be funny, and I think it'll be funny in the. Oh, I don't want to say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way in the right way. I think it'll be legitimately funny. Well, we'll see. Oh, well, but then Susan, I don't know if Becky saw, um, Susan and I were discussing she was not, uh, not, not a fan of the sneak peek. No. Yeah. I, I can see where people, I can see where some it's people would be very uncomfortable with it. It's a little uncomfortable. It's a little awkward. I can, um, I can, totally, I can totally see that, and I can see where t- others would be like, Oh my God, that's the best thing ever. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. It was something I like fall, I, I mean, Fifty Shades of Dean. <laughs> it was a little. <laughs> but, I don't it think was it was that graphic. cringeworthy for me. But, yeah. Oh, I don't sorry. think it was that graphic, and I'm gonna need context next week for why yeah. he's saying it's that free. But we'll um, see. Dean does have a tendency to. Yeah, I think he does occasionally have a tendency to overshare. So you know that's. It's fine. <laughs> yes, he does over here. Um, I don't know. Maybe he's been reading Chuck's books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or some of okay. Becky's fan fiction. Not this Becky, the supernatural TV show Becky. You know, so maybe that's what he's thinking of. But, I, ooh, no, I had issues. But we'll we'll see. I will, you know, that's two minutes out of 42 minutes of uh, episodes, so I could change my mind. Like you said, I need I need context. Um, bless Jensen for doing that with a straight face. I don't know how many takes it took him. <laughs> to, or how, how, who knows how, how uh, on a tangent he went for some of those takes. Although, I don't know if he oh, went yeah. with so many, women, so many women in the room because Jensen's quite respectful. So I don't know how he would do, but I, you know, who knows? Um, and you know, just just you saying that, you know, we we've learned over the years that a sneak peek in out of context really means nothing in relation to an episode. So, mm-hmm. and you know, so the sneak peeks are chosen the way they are for that reason. You know, it's not it's not intended to give anything away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I'm fairly certain that the PR department just really has no clue about Supernatural, how it works, <laughs> the well, characters, what the real show I just, is really I about. I agree because... Like, oh, that looks exciting. Here, show that. So, I well. don't know because uh, Suzanne Gomez does, as far as I know, she... I, I don't think she puts them together, but she approves them. 
And she is very tuned into the show, you know. She not only reads the the scripts ahead of time, but she does also watch the episode. She doesn't just go, well, I read the script. I don't need to watch it. She she actually is a fan of the show as well. Yeah, that's that's true. And I'm sorry, but I've seen uh, maybe I should really not make such a specific comment about Supernatural, but there's been... Other shows I've seen Sorry. where yeah, it was obvious their PR department really yes. didn't have a clue what their what their show. I will one hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, I will one hundred percent agree with that. That there are times where I'm like, do you know what show you're promoting? No, okay. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I will. Um, I will completely agree with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I was looking back a little bit at screen caps for the episode, and I see that I was looking at one where, um, towards the end, where Sam is playing with the plane out the car window. And, again, back to the complaints about, you know, someone who was 12 would be playing with a plane like that. Well, this plane is actually a fairly realistic model of a fighter jet, so I could actually see an, an older boy being interested in having that as, I don't know if I'd call it a toy, but something something that maybe he built, something he liked, you know, instead of it being like a like a stuffed animal, you know, or something definitely more age appropriate for eight or nine or ten years old. So I, I can see this plane working for somebody that was twelve. Because it's a really realistic model pretend, of a fighter plane. I'm gonna sit here and pretend that either Dean built it or they built it together. And that's why yeah. Sam actually like cares about it and still playing with it. I'm yeah, gonna go with that. Okay. <laughs> they probably did, definitely. Unless they turn and tell me that he built it with Bobby, and then I'm gonna really side eye everybody. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, I go back to you know, you're, you would have to tell me that 18 years ago Bobby's house was drastically different. Because Sam's just like, oh, books, when we, find, when we, when we meet Bobby. Mm-hmm. And I, I also feel, I don't know. I really, I really wish that they would have gone with Pastor Jim on that one. Yeah. Oh, well. Scott, guys, I hate, to, I hate to interrupt you guys, but I am going to need to get off of here. It's almost 10 o'clock, and tonight is a very important episode for Haven fans. Ratings-wise and everything, we need to. They're wanting us to tweet and stuff because Sci-Fi is based whether they're going to renew it or not on tonight's episode. So I need to get off here so I can get ready to tweet Haven. <laughs> okay, wow. and I actually need to uh, eat dinner. <laughs> yeah, I would, I'm. Gonna go. I'm a bit. I'm a bit peckish. So yes, Susan, we should um, eat. Okay, time to wind down uh-huh. and wrap up. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, you know what's funny? I noticed a couple calls come in, but they disappeared almost right away, and I don't know if people hung up or if there was an issue with Blog Talk Radio, but I'm um, sorry about that if there was problems with the site, and hopefully you'll try again sometime. Uh, it was a little bit quiet tonight, but we had a really good discussion about overall a very good episode. Uh, Bad Boys, thank you, Adam Glass. Great job directing by Kevin Parks. Dylan Everett, come back again with Dean. That would be really cool. Uh, anything else 
we need to mention as far as supernatural news or activities? Oh, vote, vote, vote. Keep people's choice. Yeah, keep voting. <laughs> keep voting. Yep. Through mm-hmm. December 5th. Um, we'll be, um, we won't be at FairCon, but we will be uh, giving you a few people to follow who are, who will be there and are good con tweeters. So we, we, we do them out a couple times today. Just in case you missed them, you need to follow at Fangasm underscore um, SPN, um, then Danielle TBD, uh, and SN Radio. All three of them are um, tweeting from the convention. SN Radio is actually broadcasting from, mm-hmm. um, and so if you go to supernaturalradio.org, you can hear their broadcast all weekend long live from Burkhan. Um, and, and even if you're not, and even if it has nothing to do with Burkhan, these are all people you should be following anyway because they're people we love. Exactly. They're great. Wonderful people. Yeah. This is true. Uh, is that it? Don't forget to check our Facebook and Twitter. Follow and like us, Winchester Bros. All, uh, all podcast information along with all the supernatural news and information about anything to do with the show, cast, you can you can find it there, and thank you very much for the huge amount of likes and follows in both those places. Well over a hundred thousand in one, and over two hundred thousand in Facebook, I believe. And we're we're amazed and in awe. So thank you very very much. Um, always find uh, the podcast on our website, WinchesterBros.com. Lots of news and information there as well. Blogtalkradio.com slash Media Boulevard. If you search for that, uh, Winchester Radio instead of Media Boulevard, you can go way back and listen to all sorts of uh, great interviews then along with our current current interviews that can be found uh, slash Media Boulevard. Um, Subscribe and download us through iTunes. Um, we have another podcast coming next week with another new episode. We'll let you know when that is. And thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Good night, Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you.